Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Leaves aren't the only thing starting to fall around here. We've got hairlines, bellies, and IQs. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on a uh, on a cool Tuesday morning here in October. Yeah, fall weather. I love it. And on this week's show in Pipe Parts, we will be talking about... Uh, I'll, I'll give you the final update on microwaving tobacco. All right, I'll give you... I finally, I finally got it. I finally got it. Yep. And then my guest is uh, from Brazil, Brazilian pipe maker Luis Lavos. Uh, mailbag, music, and rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, hey, listen, the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Vegas Pipe Show, everything is all lined up. We are just waiting for the final details, and then everybody starts converging on Las Vegas in just about a week. Uh, for those of you not attending, I will do my darndest to make sure and uh, post pictures on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow the Vegas Pipe Show on Instagram and Facebook and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, I'll try to do my darndest. I'm going to be using the uh, hashtag Vegas Pipe Show and hashtag LVIPS and all that stuff. So even if you're not there, you still get to come along for the ride with us. And again, I will do my uh, absolute darndest to get you uh, get you as many pictures as possible. I uh, hope you all are getting outside and uh, smoking a pipe now that the weather is absolutely perfect for pipe smoking weather. I mean, this is absolutely perfect, especially here in the Carolinas this past week. We've had highs in the uh, low 70s and cooling down into the 60s and 50s at night. It's just been absolutely wonderful. So, all right, let's get the show rolling. So everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Are you looking for that rare or favourite tobacco? Are you wanting to sell those blends or pipes you no longer fancy? Then visit TinBids.com, the pipe collector's auction site, and begin your search. Browse our ever-changing selection of fine and elusive luxury tobaccos, pipes and smokers' requisites, and bid on items in an exciting auction setting. Visit us at TinBids.com and sign up for free today. TinBids.com, the pipe collector's auction site. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, microwaving of tobacco. And this is not just, again, this is me um, not not messing around with ribbon tobaccos because I, I'm fine with ribbons the way they are. Uh, what I was looking for was two things, two things. But the first thing primarily that I was looking for was a way to easily rub out flake tobaccos. 
All right. I wanted to just, you know, easily rub out the, you know, get it to a ribbon form as much as possible. So that was my goal. Uh, maybe also assist in the aging of tobaccos. So I did this with four different tobaccos and uh, in the uh, in the grand scheme of things three of them are ones that I'm actually buying now so here's a little bit of insight into what I'm buying uh, the four tobaccos I did it with was uh, McClellan St. James Woods which is you know rest in peace uh, I it's from 2015 I did it with a Scudo that had been aged for about three years to the best of my get, best best estimate because I didn't write down a date of when I bought it. I did it with uh, the Cornell and Deal Carolina Red Flake with Perique from the production in uh, 2020. And I did it with the Sutliff Crumble Cake Virginia Perique. And again, and I bought this in 2019. So I did it with all four of those. All four of them. I smoked them. You know, I broke off pieces, rubbed them out, and smoked them first. And then played with them over the period of the last couple of months. Now, for the St. James Woods, it's not fair. So I won't even mention that you know, there, there were little chunks in it of stoved or dark that didn't open up the way I wanted to. So, yeah, again, but not, not fair to compare it anyway. Um, with the three of them. I ended up with a process where, again, I bought a small uh, $49 microwave from Walmart. So I think it's you know one of the lower power ones. I set it up in the garage because I didn't want the smell. Uh, I didn't want the smell permeating the house. Uh, I used a microwavable, uh, a microwavable uh, Rubbermaid tote, a little Rubbermaid uh, container. And I put the entire contents of the tin into the Rubbermaid container. The best way that I found that worked most consistently for all of the tobaccos that I played with was put them in the, you know, clean out the, clean out the remnants of the previous tobacco out of the, out of the container, let it dry out, put the new stuff in, microwave it on high for about 12 seconds. And that seemed enough to get it warm. And then while it was inside the container, I would just toss the container and shake the container and let it beat it up. Because, And I might do that for a minute or so, just tossing and shaking and rotating the container and you know, kind of giving it a good beating. But I would do that for about 12 seconds, open it up, and let some of that steam and that heat come out, look at it, close it back up after a minute or so, and then put it back in the microwave again for another 10 to 12 seconds. And it just depended on the thickness of the flake. Uh, and then did the same thing again. Toss, once I got it out of the microwave while it was hot, tossed it, turned it, you know, shook it vigorously, uh, and did that for about a minute. And then I'd open it up and let the heat and the steam and the moisture that was in there evaporate. And at that point, then I might use my hands to go in and kind of break it up a little bit further while it was still kind of warm, but not really hot. All right. And then depending on whether or not it needed at that point, based off of the consistency of the blend. And again, my goal was to get it all the way to a ribbon form, not to speed up the aging of it. Uh, get it and look at it and say, all right, 
in three of the four cases, in three of the four cases, I needed to zap it again in the microwave for about another 10 seconds. Uh, the only one I didn't need to zap again was the Escudo because everything but the center, that little center piece was wide open and I knew by microwaving it again, it wasn't going to open up that little center piece. So the other three went back in again. And then after I got them out, after I got them out after 10 seconds or so, while they were still kind of wet and hot, I would finish rubbing it out for you know, pulling it apart with my hands, rubbing it out and working it that way. Uh, total time in about five minutes. Uh, before I put it back into the can, at the end of it, I made sure that the moisture level got back down to close to what I wanted. So maybe let it sit out for five minutes or so. And then in between each one, again, I rinsed out that container and let it air dry and got as much of the remnants out of it. Uh, so here's the results. Uh, the smoking difference of the tobaccos. The St. James Woods didn't benefit at all from any of the aging or from any of the microwaving flavor-wise, but it did benefit from the, uh, you know, from being, you know, from being heated and spun out or rubbed out, and I enjoyed it. But I also had to be sure the little tiny black chunks that were in there, I had to go back through and pick those out and manually uh, break them up again, and you know that's part of the problem with that blend. Uh, the Escudo, I had problems with the, with the centerpiece and I had to break that up myself, but it benefited from the aging and got a little deeper and a little richer tasting. Uh, the Carolina Red Flake with Perique, uh, didn't get much deeper tasting, but boy, did it come apart nice and easy and became a, um, almost, uh, almost kind of a, a Dutch Cavendish consistency towards a ribbon so a little bit thicker a little bit slower but it didn't get that richness that i was looking that i was seeing in the other blends uh and then finally the sutliff crumble cake virginia perique all but one there was one bowl that i smoked of it in a smaller in one of my smaller group three sizes where i picked up some of that um uh some of that vinegar the rest the rest of it came out very nicely and i was very pleased with it and was enjoying it didn't have to dry it down much and again these all went back into the original cans that are, are that they came out of in ribbon form sealed and enjoyed so there's my suggestions of how i did my four with the microwave it did benefit the aging of three of them dramatically didn't really you know benefited the three of them well didn't do so well with the Carolina Red Flake with Perique, but I'll uh, I may have to tweak that model on the next tin that I open up. So there you go. Comments, questions, email me Brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, my conversation with pipe maker Luis Lavos. This is Internet Radio. Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new, innovative series, Savinelli produces high-quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors to elegant pieces destined for black-tie galas, 
Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show and joining us from the great country of Brazil in Sao Paulo is uh, probably, well, my first, uh, my second Portuguese speaking pipe maker because uh, I do know that you worked with Sabina and I've, and I've had her on the show before. So please welcome Luis Lavos to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Welcome. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so this, this is fun because you are in, right now you're in, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, where you grew up, right? Yeah, yeah. I was born here yeah. in, uh, and I lived in, in Portugal for a while, for four years actually. And about a year ago, I came back to, to Sao Paulo, Brazil. So when you were a child, what did you want to, what job did you want to do when you grew up? Uh, I'm a, I'm a graphic designer. That's my, my main job. And I guess I, I always wanted to do something, uh, related to drawing because I, I love to draw when I was a kid and I guess it came naturally for me to work with graphic design. Uh, nowadays I, I work mailing with, uh, uh, logos mm-hmm. and package design. So uh, I must say I, I always wanted to 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 work with 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 this kind of of thing. So then pipe making is kind of just in, instead of designing a a logo, now you're finding a design for a pipe, and then you you get to make it in your hands instead of on the computer. Yeah, uh, since I was a kid, uh, I always liked to to. To do with wood, to do woodworking. When I was a kid, after school, I used to spend the evenings at my grandfather' workshop. Uh-huh. He had all sorts of tools, and I, I spent the, the whole evening uh, messing up. And 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 he teach me a lot of things about woodworking. And and through all my life, I, I always had some kind of woodworking hobby going on. Aside my, my my main job, I studied luthiery for a time, making electric guitars and basses. Yeah. And I wanted to pursue this career for a while, but I realized later that it wasn't a good idea. It's too much trouble. <laughs> but uh, but I always I always like to 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 work with wood, and there's it's something I always fantasize of 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 doing later in my life to switch from graphic design to to some woodwork related job, mm-hmm. but I never, I, I never found the, the right, the right uh, way, the right path, until I, I I start making pipes, and that's a funny story. I can I can tell you later yeah. about how this came out, but, but it's basically this. Did uh, did you have anybody in your family that was a pipe smoker that got you interested in pipe smoking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because uh, I have this uncle of mine who's a pipe smoker yeah. and inspired me to, to start smoking pipe. Uh, and and he also was the one that gave me the idea of start making pipes later. So he's responsible for me to, to start smoking pipes and making pipes later. And, it, and, and I really like the story because uh, 
uh, it's kind of a, a circle that that yeah. closes. First, when uh, earlier when he he influenced me to to start smoking pipes, and and many years later when he was visiting me in Portugal and 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 gave me this this idea of start making pipes, which is always in literally in my face, and I <laughs> never realized it could be the the, the answer. Was. Uh... So is pipe smoking in Brazil? It's not. It's not too. Not too many pipe smokers. No. Most. No. 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 There's very, very few. There's a. There's a, a great community is building uh, in the last five years, I guess. Uh, but it's mainly on social media. Uh, we we rarely met uh, each other. But since Brazil is a very big country with a yeah. lot of people, there's a lot of pipe. Uh, pipe smokers right now they, the the hobby is growing and there there are also many people starting to blend tobacco here because we have a a, an, a, a very good tobacco production in, yeah. in brazil so we were missing people to to blend the the, the, the tobacco pipe and it's a community that that is growing i must say it's it, it it's more promising that that in Europe right now because in Europe it seems like the 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 hobby is is, is decreasing and it's shrinking, and here I feel it's growing. And Brazil is a very large producer of tobacco, although mostly yeah, yeah. for cigarettes, like most of the world. But there, are, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of acres of tobacco farms all around the the interior of Brazil. Yeah, they're mainly in the south of yeah. Brazil, in the colder regions. Uh, in Santa Catarina, I don't know if you have the the map in front of you. Yeah. In the south, in Santa Catarina, is the is the place where most of the production are made. Yeah. Well, you also have in the north of Brazil, you have that very busy place called the Amazon Rainforest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's. <laughs> I guess there's not tobacco there. No, <laughs> no and farming it would be very hard when it's all water. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, and that. Uh, but in most, for traditionally, most people in Brazil would smoke a cigarette or maybe a cigar. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cigarette is, is much more popular. Yeah. So for you to have an uncle that smoked a pipe, that was. That was. Yeah, different. I, I guess he used it to smoke during the '60s and '70s. Then he quit for a while, and I remember he resumed smoking pipes in, in during the nineties. Yeah. That that's where I remembered, uh, and but he was the only person I knew that smoked a pipe. But <laughs> somehow I, I was attracted by the ritual and everything, and and that kept in my mind. And just in 2014, I guess I started smoking a pipe. I, 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 uh, it was a, a New Year's resolution. Most people uh, <laughs> want to quit smoking. Uh, my resolution <laughs> was start smoking. <laughs> I like you. Um, and, and growing up, are are you old enough to to know to remember and see Pele? Uh, not playing, but ob I obviously know him. Yeah. But I, I'm I bo I was born in, in 1980. Okay. So, so just I, after. I, I guess I guess uh, he he was playing in US at by that time I guess yeah. in Cosmos or something like this. 
Yeah. And of course, you know, soccer or football is a, is a very big sport in Brazil because of Pele. Yeah. 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 For sure. Not just because of him, because we, we have a lot of good players, but <laughs> yes, soccer is, is huge here. Uh, so one last question, not pipe related as, as a luthier, does that mean that you also play guitar? Yeah, I, I play bass guitar, electric ah. bass. Uh-oh. So who are your influences for music? Uh, as a kid, I'd like to have a metal, Iron Maiden, this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, later, I, I start to, to spread more my, my, my taste. I, I listen to everything, but uh, prog metal, progressive music, uh, jazz, all sorts of uh. things. Today, just for fun, I listen to hair metal and this okay. 80s and 90s glam metal. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff I grew up with. Uh, so, all right, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have more with Louise. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell and Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with uh, pipe maker Luis Lavos of Sao Paulo, Brazil. And uh, all right, Luis, so you made a resolution to yourself that you are going to start smoking a pipe. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so how did you do that? What kind of pipe did you get? Uh, uh, I, I was postponing that, that, that decision for many times. Then in 2014, I guess, I, I decided to go to a tobacco store and buy a, a pipe. It was a, a Brazilian pipe, uh, a straight billiard. I always liked the classics, and uh, I bought a straight billiard and a pack of Captain Black, I guess, mm -hmm. Captain Black Light, because I was afraid. It was it was it was true. It was a nine millimeter pipe too because I, I was still afraid yeah. of wow oh my god I start smoking because I never smoked a, a cigarette I don't know how to smoke a cigarette so I start straight at the, the pipe so the first experience wasn't that what I expected because when you <laughs> open a pouch of tobacco or aromatic tobacco the, the smell is wonderful and you expect that you to to translate in the in the in, yeah. in the flavor, and it wasn't what happened. So it was a bit frustration frustration at uh, at start, but 
I don't know. I somehow was always more attracted to to the ritual of pipe smoking than the the flavor itself. To this day, I think I'm more attracted to the to the fact that you have to sit and relax and and the contemplation of the of pipe smoking much more than than the taste itself. So it's also for you part of the process of pipe smoking the enjoyment is picking out the pipe that you're going to smoke and then picking the tobacco and just saying okay yeah. I'm packing it and then and then lighting it and then maybe once you actually get to smoke it then it's enjoyable too yeah yeah uh i i never smoke while i'm doing other thing it's always a time that i that i take to to relax uh usually at the mornings to start the day, to plan the day in my head, to go through the emails and 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 think what what's going to be that day, or at the end of the day to to load the speed to to relax yeah. to. But it, it's always uh, a time that I dedicate that I dedicate just to, to to smoke, never doing another thing. And and please tell me in the morning that's with a cup of Brazilian coffee. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> uh, Brazil yeah. is the largest grower of coffee beans in the world. Yeah, unfortunately, most of the the, the better stuff go to to export to yeah. export, but there's sure good coffee here. Yeah, yeah, we we get most of it. So thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I greatly appreciate it. Um, so so you start smoking and then. You learned. I, I'm. I'm guessing somebody showed you maybe how to pack a pipe or how to. No, it was all through the internet yeah. and videos and, and stuff. And if your uncle was still around to watch, he would have probably been smiling at you at the pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 I never. I I, I the first time I smoked it with him was this time he he visited us in Portugal yeah. because from 2014 when I start. Until 2019, when when he visited us, we never met with pipes. We never yeah. smoked together. Yeah. So when so how do you decide? Okay, now I want to learn how to make a pipe. Uh, as I was saying, uh, in, I always had some kind of woodworking going on with uh, in my life, and I always had a, a workshop in my home to where I had my yeah. tools and everything. So when we decided to to move to Portugal, because I, I work from home, I am graphic designer. I'm, I'm freelancer for about 15 years now, so I can work from everywhere in the world. So we decided to move to Portugal because I'm half Portugal. I, I have yeah. Portuguese. Uh, we decided to try to live in abroad, see how it's going. So when we moved, we I had to 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 leave all my my stuff here. I. I I arrived in Portugal with no tools, with just <laughs> my laptop and my cat, my wife, and some bags. <laughs> and for two years, uh, we moved in, in late 2017. For two years, we I, 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 I didn't know woodwork at all. And in 2019, I was kind of desperate to, to make something with my hands because I was tired of just working with design. So my, this uncle of mine visited us, visited us in Portugal 
And I was talking to him about it, about that, that I'm missing woodworking and I don't know and stuff. And then he he suggested me, why 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 don't you make a pipe? Yeah. And I I thought it was crazy because I never had, although it was in my face all the time, literally in my face all the time. I never thought about uh, making a pipe before. So he insisted so much, he spent a week with us, and every day he insisted I, I, I should make a pipe, I should make a pipe. <laughs> and so after after he left, I, I, I kept that in my head and decided to, to give a try. So I bought a, a pre-drilled Bowen kit. Yeah. And the only two I had at the time was a Letter Mammoth 2. So I, I, I picked that and I made a pipe, a uh, straight billiard. And that came out really good. I, I was excited with it. I have the, he, it like at my so, side. I can show you. Then later I can post in my Instagram so people can see. I'll pick it. So just you so, with the with the pre-drilled block yeah, and, a yeah. le- and a Leatherman's tool with a sharp knife and <laughs> just yeah, yeah, working yeah. and working and working by hand. Yeah. And I'm looking at it now. <laughs> That's beautiful considering how... You just okay. You yeah. Wow. <laughs> and after I finished it, I, 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 I was looking to the pipe, and I, I told myself, "That's it. That's what I was looking for all this time." I always wanted to do some woodworking job. Right? I always uh, wanted to 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 give it a try and 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 have something to do with my hands in opposing opposing. To, to my graphic design, which is yeah. pretty much being sitting in front of the laptop and sending digital files. So when I finished the pipe, somehow I knew it was what I meant to be yeah. for now, for that moment on. And then you got to you got to work with with Sabina. No, not actually. Uh, what happened is that uh, he he was living near me because I was in Portugal. And in 2019, I, I during that year, I I made some pipes. After this this first one, I bought some some blocks and with a hand drill, and, <laughs> and I, I I made some more pipes. And by the end of the year, I decided to to contact Sabina to know if she could uh, have me at his at her workshop, just to show my pipes and and see what what she had to do, what she had to, to tell me about it. So she was super nice and, and agreed to, to meet me at, at he, her workshop. So I visited her, sent, uh, brought my pipes with me, and she right away said I, I, should, I, I should continue making pipes. But I, at, that, at that moment, I was more interesting, interested in, in knowing what it's like to be a, a, a pipe maker, an actual pipe maker, then ask her about measurements and technical stuff. I just wanted to know what, what a, a pipe maker workshop looked like and right. what is the market, what, is, what I have to do. It, and what my was more broad question than technical stuff. But but later on, she she kept me helping me uh, with with technical stuff uh, through test and and WhatsApp and emails, and she gave me a lot of of help uh, about starting making pipes. 
<laughs> so she also showed you maybe more than a knife and a hand drill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the problem, but but that's the problem because uh, uh, when I got back home from meeting her, I was overwhelmed with the amount of, of tools I would need to to making pipes in the right way. But I, at the moment, I live in a one-bedroom apartment with my wife and my cat, and I didn't have a space to, to have more uh, tools than I had. So uh, I decided to buy a small wood lathe, yeah. and that was all I had for uh, until I, I moved back to Brazil in the end of 2021. So I spent... Uh, 2020 in 2021 making pipes with just a, a small wood lathe and even so i managed to to have my pipes in in <laughs> at the danish pipe shop and is smokingpipes.com somehow i i still can believe how but i managed to pull out some good enough pipes to have the in in such stores and your designs are, I, I can see where you are influenced somewhat by the classical shapes, but yet also the Danish kind of the more, the, the more artistic handmaids with, without going too far away from the classical. Yeah, I, I, uh, even in my design job, I, I always were more... Uh, Shape-related form, uh, form focus. Then, then I, I always like to keep me simple, more functional stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was natural to me to be dragged to the the Danish school, which which is classical based, as you as you mentioned, but has some more refinements in, in shape compared to the the factory pipes and the downhill and stuff. So. It was kind of natural for me to to gravitate towards this the Danish school, and it's something I I, I like a lot. Now, how many pipes a year do you think you can make? Because uh, you're also working a full time job too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my production is very is very low. I I guess I can make five to six pipes a month, mm. max. Uh, but I'm working on that because. When I moved back to Brazil, we, we are in, in a temporary place right now, but I could make a, I could set a, a small workshop to, to continue making pipes. But we, we are in process of buying a, a house in the countryside. Yeah. So I will have more space and hopefully we will finally have a, a sand blasting equipment and all that stuff. So maybe my product, probably my, my production will will be bigger now. Your, your bigger wife, than. Your wife will tell you your production has to be bigger if you're going to buy all these equipments. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, where in where in Portugal did you live? Uh, I live it in, in Lisbon. Oh. In the Lisbon area, yeah. What a beautiful place. Yeah. What a beautiful city. Uh, still untouched. Um, is there a shape of pipe that you don't like to make? Is there a, or a style of pipe that you don't like to make? Uh, I like most of the, the Danish school of pipes. I don't like much the Italian style, like Castellos and so on. I, I, I actually 
don't like to, to replicate. If, if I need to replicate some forms, I would prefer replicate uh, some arts and shapes, some Danish arts and shapes. I, I wouldn't replicate a, a, a Dunhill or a Castello or a factory pipe. It's, it's not what I'm into. But I also doesn't like uh, too organic shapes, too complex shapes. Uh, I, I I like my pipes to be as functional as possible. Yeah. So, and and I also noticed that you like to you like to have different stain colors. So some from very light to maybe a darker kind of a more deep red and then and then even uh, i guess it's, it it more has uh, it has more to do with experimentation than than because i want to because i'm still learning i'm still yeah. trying and i i i think i don't have a a, a proper style yet i'm still developing it it's, it's, it's only three years then I'm start making pipes, yeah. so it has a long way ahead. Long way ahead. Yeah. Well, look. If if anybody looks at your pipes and sees that you've only been doing it for three years, they won't believe it. So, <laughs> but I think maybe the color the the color differences and the is also part of your design history. Where I I, I think it. I think it has more to do with, with, with experimentation, as, as, I, as I mentioned. But for sure, the, my, my design background uh, influenced a lot my, my work. I, I am kind of OCD with symmetry, so I don't like to, to do shapes that like blowfishes or something that <laughs> is not symmetrical. Yeah. But uh, I guess my, I guess, I'm, I'm sure it is uh, my design job influenced my my pipe making. Yeah. So once you get the new workshop set up, then we'll then we'll start seeing even more experimentation and <laughs> for sure have have room for more stuff and be able to sandblast and then you can play around with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, in in Brazil, besides pipe making and working, what else do you do for fun? Uh, I guess there's not much time left <laughs> <laughs> besides two stuff, but I like to play bass sometimes, yeah. uh, go out with my wife and something like that. But after living four years in, in away from family and friends, we're kind of happy to be back and to stay here. I, we, we obviously like to travel, but for, yeah. for a while we'll, we'll stay here in Brazil as much as we can. <laughs> I like the prices of I like the prices of tobacco in Portugal. It was very low prices. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Luis, we will finish this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer, just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> what is your favorite pipe? I mean, a pipe I I have or any pipe. Mm, favorite pipe. Yeah. So it's my first pipe because it it was where I started, I guess. That's a yeah, perfect answer. What is your favorite tobacco? I kind of shy to do, to say that, but is Amphora Full. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. I, <laughs> I like I like the Amphora Regular. Um, what is your favorite drink? Uh, 
I like Long Island iced tea, that's the <laughs> drink. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that'll that'll take care of you fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Uh, music. That's what I was going to guess, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking-related memory? I don't know. I, I guess talking to... Before starting smoking pipe, talking to my uncle while he was smoking and see he using the the temper and uh, and the lighter and all that ritual, I I guess that was what dragged me to to the hobby. Yeah, and then what was it? I mean, what was it like for you that moment where you got to sit and smoke a pipe with him? Uh, that was amazing. I I have a picture of that. My wife took a picture. But it was was a very was very meaningful because first because we living in abroad we miss a lot of family yeah. and we were having him in our home visit us that was a, a good thing another good thing was to smoke together with him and then uh, all the, the the pipe making stuff that that came from that that conversation and then started all. So it was a very meaningful moment. Yeah. Uh, where can we go to buy your pipes? You said smokingpipes.com and Danish Pipe Shop, and then do you sell yourself? Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, people can commission me a pipe. Uh, I use mostly Instagram for that. My Instagram user is Luis Lavos. And, but people can email me at Lavos at gmail.com and regarding dealers i have my pipes at danish pipe shop and smokingpipes.com i'm about to send a, a large batch for smokingpipes.com soon i guess Ooh. next month there will be some new pieces there and louise is spelled l-u-i-z or Z for all the uh, british folks <laughs> L-A-V-O-S. Louise, thank you very much for coming on and doing this. It's been a pleasure, and uh, maybe one day we'll get to sit and smoke a pipe together. Well, for sure. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you, Brian. We'll be back in just a minute. For over 150 years, Peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers. It's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike, and our workshop, too, is a place of hospitality and warmth. Hi, I'm Glenn Whelan, and for me, Peterson is a family tradition I've known since my childhood. My dad, Tony Whelan Jr., worked at Peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. From sweeping our factory on a Saturday morning, to managing our store, to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents, and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy. And it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mila Folge, 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be. This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and I am always impressed. <laughs> 
can I just tell you something? Uh, Luis was worried about his use of English. And I'm going to tell you behind the scenes, there was only about four edits in there. And none of them were because his English is poor. His English is great. My Portuguese sucks. Always impresses me. Um, also, we recorded this a couple weeks back, and right now on SmokingPipes.com, there is three fresh Luis Lavos pipes available as of the time of me saying these words this morning. So there you go. All right, go check them out. All right, for music. Uh, so Zach writes, hi, Brian. I've been enjoying the show from the beginning, which now seems like a long, long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I have sent you a few songs for the show over the years, and it's always fun hearing you play them. I found another one for you. Play Me the Blues Mississippi by Steve Thomas and the Time Machine. It has a line about smoking a corncob pipe. Thanks, and keep up the good work, Zach. And uh, that's the song we're going to play, and I uh, really appreciate uh, Zach for sending it along. It's a fun song. So here is... Uh, Steve Thomas and the uh, and the Time Machine doing Play Me the Blues Mississippi. His name was Zachariah, but they called him Mississippi, and he played the Delta Blues all his life. Had five strings on his guitar. Drank moonshine from a jar Wore an old straw hat and smoked a little corn cob pie He used to pick the cotton Now he picks four dimes and quarters In the end, the money's about the same When he hammers down All the young folks gather round The river rolls and the sweat pours down like a rain Sleeping down at the mission, he'll be singing about the poverty and pain. You won't keep from crying when he sings about mama dying. Bears his soul with every last refrain. Sundown Saturday night to sunrise Sunday morning, you'll be picking out the gospel of the blues. You'll get chapter and verse with old Mississippi holding church and picking out some big old Williams too. Play me the blues, Mississippi. I want to hear them hurting songs running through your blood. Play me the blues, 
Pretty sure that little corncob pipe was a Missouri Meerschaum, of course. Uh, thank you to Zach for sending that in. Again, if you've got a music suggestion, just email me, Brian, at pipesmagazine.com. You've got some mail. And remember, if you have a comment or question, email me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at pipesmagazine.com, or post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on pipesmagazine.com. And we've got uh, two weeks of shows to get caught up on. So here we go. Going back to two weeks ago with Russ Hicks. Uh, Honky Tonk Man says, Hi, Brian. Great show last week. As for seasonal changes, I'm so grateful that it's now getting a little cooler here in Korea. Very interesting interview with Russ, a very knowledgeable guy. I'd never heard about tin baking until he mentioned it. Any chance when Dr. Fred is back on, he can divulge further the dark arts of tin baking. Thanks to Dino for his excellent choice in music. He knows his tunes. Always proudly smoking in public. Cliff the Honky Tonk Man. Uh, Cliff, thank you. And you can go back, um, go all the way back to, I believe, the first visit with Fred Hanna. And Fred talked about... Uh, the temperatures and the time, and it's a, it's a low temperature in the oven over a long time for him. And then uh, J.M. Smitty says, uh, great show. I very much look forward to listening to some other smokers who've been around a while discuss current blends. Great idea and a great show. Thanks, as always. You are welcome. And then we have uh, Dino. <laughs> and Dino says... I don't really vary my tobacco preferences with the change in the weather, as I mostly smoke English and Balkan blends year-round. Since my wife doesn't mind the pungent Latakia smell, I can smoke with the windows closed in the colder months. I never smoke cigars in the house, so those are relegated to warmer months out in the yard or to local cigar lounges. I found Russ's discussion of good available tobaccos to be very enlightening. It's imperative to the growth of our community among younger smokers to enjoy what is available and not always bemoan what was lost. I look forward to more explorations with your guests on this topic. I hope your listeners enjoyed the music selection. You and I are on the same page with the dislike of cold fruit. Yeah, Some small fruit, berries, and grapes particularly are more refreshing, served slightly cool, but all the other fruit should be served at room temperature so that the flavors can be fully savored. Thanks for an always entertaining show, Dino. Dino, you are like a, uh, like a nice room temperature piece of fruit. You're one to be fully savored. Uh, and then Bryant says, 
uh, going back to Russ's show. I was very excited to hear that you're going to be having guests recommend tobaccos that are currently available. Russ mentioned some good current offerings, but it seems at times they had to be dragged out of them. There was still a lot of nothing like the old McClellan blends and such. I get it. I missed out on a lot of great tobaccos. I don't mean to be salty, but I do regret missing out on a lot of delicious blends of the golden age of tobacco. Still, I'm looking forward to more such guests as this is a great idea. I've never changed my tobacco based on the season, although I have also just recently started smoking a lot more Virginia and vapors since I began listening to a certain host. Uh, I wonder who he's talking about. Uh, and then he says, I'll have to see if the weather changes these blends for me. Nat King Cole is always a good musical choice, so thank you, Dino, for that selection. I'd never heard that particular song before, and it was excellent. Nat was a fantastic singer and artist, and I always like listening to him. Thanks, Brian, and keep up the good work, sir. Best regards, Brian. You got it. And I am uh, going to see Brian in uh, Las Vegas shortly. And then going back to last week's show with the Trippy Piper, Honky Tonk Man says, Hey, Brian, another enjoyable show. I should let some of my buddies take a listen to your describing Victor's pipe collection. They're always ribbing me about my collection, as in how many pipes do you actually need? You reckon over a thousand pipes in Victor's collection? Wow, truly impressive and some really high-end artisan pipes, too. In fact, I believe that one that in one of his artisan collections alone, Victor has more than my total pipe collection. <laughs> yeah. Uh, enjoyed listening to Alicia talking about her pipe journey. She's well hooked on the hobby now. You mentioned that she's a unicorn in a whole herd of horses. Well, I too have found a unicorn. One of my Korean colleagues, a young lady of similar age, I'm guessing, was fascinated with me smoking my pipe. I asked if she wanted to try it. She did. So next I gave her a new old stock K Woody that I'd bought off of one of the guys from the forums, packed her a bowl of vapor, and she's on her way. She has a good supply of tobacco thus far. In yours truly, <laughs> in yours truly. But if it helps her on her way, then all good. Dan's music is very enjoyable, too. Was happy that you managed to play the whole movement of Autumn this time. Thank you. Cheers, Honky Tonk Man. Uh, hey, glad you glad you found somebody to start off. A, a young lady, too. Yeah. Uh, and then Dino says, once again, I was blown away by Victor's amazing collection. I was completely charmed and impressed by Alicia. Her intensity for and research into the art of pipe smoking will bode well for her growth and enjoyment of our shared passion. It is quite encouraging to hear from the newer and younger members of our community. I've said before, Dan's first symphony is a marvelously rich piece of contemporary classical music that is an absolute joy to experience. Your solutions to Jim's concerns were spot, were spot on, and your ideas for more written and video descriptions of pipes directed to the retailers and artisans should be immediately implemented. Uh, great suggestions. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. Yeah. Uh, you know, all these years, and I'd never thought, you know, if somebody just described them, you know, like me. Anyway, uh, and then also uh, Guy writes, uh, it was nice to hear your discussion with a female pipe smoker. Uh, Alicia, if you're listening, welcome to the community. Brian, you mentioned playing D&D. &D. I, too, played this in the 80s. It was great stuff. 
Wouldn't it be good, though, playing a D&D campaign over a few or more bowls of nice tobacco one day? Yeah. Uh, on another note, uh, that's a question for Jeremy that I'll save. And then he says, I'm just wondering how a blend name comes about. So we'll, we'll save that. And I'm uh, sure that's some uh, fancy artistry. And then uh, Bryant writes, uh, Hi, Brian. This episode was, as usual, very entertaining. The second half of Victor's collection certainly did not let us down. I can't recall another collection where you could find nothing to add. The volume and quality of pipes mentioned were very impressive, to say the least. As for Miss Walker, she was a refreshing breath of fresh air, well-spoken and with enthusiasm of youth. She really came across well in your interview. I hope there are more young pipe smokers like her out there, ensuring the continued popularity of the hobby we all love. Dan's musical score was also very enjoyable. I find his pieces almost always are. This one, this one was every bit the part. Thank you for sharing. Keep up the good work, and I can't wait for Vegas, Bryant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can, you know. And what's also fun is if you go back and listen to Dan's Symphony Number no. One, all four of them in a row, and he starts off with Autumn, so it goes all the way through, and it's uh, quite entertaining. Uh, and then some uh, random notes. So <laughs> Steve writes, uh, "Here's a PSA for your PMRS listeners." Uh, if you or your spouse, significant other, are prone to using scented soaps in the bathroom or kitchen, you might want to avoid using those soaps on your hands before loading or smoking a pipe. You might be able to get away with it smoking Latakia heavy blends since that shit ruins just about anything anyway, or with soapy floral Lakeland blends. <laughs> yeah, I always remind. Yeah, I'm. I don't. I don't. We don't do anything. Well, my wife does scented stuff here, and we've got one closet that smells like a French brothel. And you open it up, and all the scented stuff is in there. So, <laughs> there you go. Um, other pipe show news, and this is this is big. Uh, in for the Texas Pipe Show, our own uh, Steve Fallon, the pipe stud, who you'll hear coming up in a week or two, talking about his favorite tobaccos currently, has donated a seven-day set of William of Bill Ashton Taylor made Ashton pipes encased in a wooden <laughs> encased in a wooden box that also has legs and can be used as a Ashton pipe table. I've seen this thing. It's about a four thousand uh, dollar, a four thousand dollar set, and Steve is donating that to the Texas Pipe Shows raffle prizes and so on and so on. So, uh, if you're thinking about going to the Texas Pipe Show in Dallas in November, uh, now you've got a chance to win a four thousand dollar plus custom made set of pipes. So, how's that? Uh, and then finally, thanks to Charlie from Arizona for sending this on. And he said, and here's what he sent. Uh, Rachel from Samuel Goweth checked in today on a forum regarding the tendencies of some square tins popping open before a pipe smoker pulls them from the cellar. Uh, she said every single tin leaving the factory is vacuum sealed and then has a heat sealed anti-tamper strip put around it. Around two to three years ago, the tin manufacturer we used suddenly stopped supplying those as usual channels through the usual channels, so we had to find an alternative. We did find a tin and tested it, and all seemed fine. We ordered a container full, as this is the minimum order, 
so there were thousands and thousands of tins received. Due to the design, three little notches on the side, it meant that a good tight seal could not always be maintained over time. Therefore, we went back to the drawing board and designed a whole new tin which has strips to catch the lid on all four sides. It's very difficult to produce a square or rectangular tin that is perfect all the way around and so seals perfectly. It is much easier with round tins due to the way they are produced, but round tins are more expensive to make and do not stack well for transport or on shelves and retailers. At Samuel Goweth and Goweth Ho- and Samuel Goweth and Goweth Hogarth have historically been in rectangular tins, and so we want to stick with this. The new tin design seals well. It should not need a massive tug to get the lid off. Then we get complaints that the tins are too hard to open. And just because the lid comes off easily doesn't mean that it is not vacuum sealed. But we do not design tins and make tobacco for long-term storage. This is a relatively new trend, mostly in the States. We always advise anyone wanting to do this to store in a different container or vacuum pack the tins into bags. And in a humidity and temperature controlled environment, Rachel Samuel Goweth and Company Limited. So there you go. Thanks to Charlie for sending that along. You were more important. Thanks to Rachel for reaching out into, you know, into a forum and communicating with the collectors. And uh, I'm glad they're, you know, things change and you got to keep working on it, boy. Uh, the tins, the tin supply out of China is tough. All right. Again, comments, questions, email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. And in just a moment, rant time. There's nothing quite like a good book or my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com. Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation? Or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through smokingpipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888-366-0345. That's 888-366-0345. This week we're talking hair, and I blame Kevin Godby for it because when we started this show 10 years ago, I had a full head of hair. But right now, my, the top of my head looks like, well, it looks like Europe in World War II. It's receding on two fronts, and they're going to meet in the middle, and that'll be the end of it. Uh, slowly. 
Uh, but let me say, I got to celebrate the fact that I've got less hair on my head and I've got to celebrate that fact. Why? One, because I'm using way less shampoo because all of a sudden I don't need that much shampoo. And uh, that bottle of shampoo that used to last six weeks is now lasting four months. Uh, yeah, in fact, one bottle of shampoo I might have to put down on our tax return as a dependent. It's been around so long. Uh, the other thing, uh, it doesn't take that long to dry anymore. Boy, I'll tell you, those hot summer months when it's humid here and it took my hair a while to dry, not so much anymore. Dries pretty darn quick. I also don't have to carry a comb with me anymore because, well, that's pretty useless. Uh, I can just kind of use my hands and mush it around. And, and speaking of uh, mushing hair, you know that, uh, you know, you young people that get that wild bedhead in the morning when you wake up? Well, as you lose your hair, that wild bedhead gets real easy to maintain fairly quick. So you got that to look forward to. And when I travel, you know, I've gone on a couple of trips lately and I forgot my brush at home and... Well, with a little bit of hair, you really don't need to worry about carrying a brush. And uh, speaking of hair, yeah, just like shampoo, you really don't need that much hair product either. And, and let me add one more thing to it. Uh, if I'm wearing a hat because it's hot outside and I take the hat off, well, guess what? <laughs> Not a lot of hair there to make a, a hat head out of. So I'm just going to celebrate the fact that, you know, I'm, saving money on shampoo and time and effort and energy and um that's just the way it is gonna have to get used to it my forehead's now a six head there you go all right again comments questions email me brian at pipesmagazine.com apple podcast ratings and reviews are much 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 appreciated please go do that if you haven't had a chance Please keep sharing the Pipes Magazine radio show, page, uh, Pipes Magazine radio show, and all those uh, pipe chat groups and forums and club meetings that you're going to, and tell your friends how much you love it. And uh, we'll keep doing shows for you. So thank you very much to Luis for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy Plus, it turns out the hairy one's a dude, and the metal one, too. All dudes.